0: Today on and Teaching.
1: Like, I think anyone worth their salt in ed tech would ever say you can learn more from an online platform than you can from a teacher. Of course, you can't. That's anyone saying that is telling you snake oil. This is not true at all. It isn't just about the classroom, the main power of actually tech is outside of the classroom of course in, in classroom there's loads you can use you've got an expert in the room you've got that expert teacher and tech can definitely help and support them with quick marking quick data differentiation if they want to but actually my thing where I think tech can make that difference is when you leave the classroom a lot of kind of the multi Academy trusts that I talk to talk about how do they extend the school day and how do they engage with parents I mean, that is so powerful. But I think what powerful tech can do, and I'm sure you'll both relate to this. I went back to when I was teaching. You get a really good student, perhaps they're like, a, in old money, they're a borderline C, they're, they're great kids, working so hard to try and pass. And i say to them, they say to me, so I'm gonna revise this weekend. It's like, great, what are you gonna revise? Maths, great. What, are you gonna, what topic? Algebra. And I go, oh, good, good. Algebra is not really a thing. Algebra is lots of things. They'd be like, oh, yeah, algebra. uh oh, no. And at that, and that point, what do I then do as a teacher?
2: Welcome to Tea and Teaching, the educational podcast you can listen to with a cup of tea. I'm Arthur Moore, and with me, as always, it's Mike Harrowell. Hello, Mike.
0: Hello, Arthur. Happy summer holidays.
2: Ah, what a joyous time. The sun is out, probably. Uh, we're all having a lovely time. Um, talk about a lovely time. Have you got anything good you've been watching, listening, reading that you can recommend to the listeners? Yeah, I've become a little bit addicted to Diary of a CEO
0: podcast. Um, I love it. He talks to some fascinating people. He puts out some incredible content. Uh, my favourite one by a long way. I know uh, it's uh, the host's favourite one as well. Uh, it's uh, Stephen Bartlett who hosts it. Is the happiness expert Mo? I hope I say his name right, Mo Gawdat. Um, he's done two episodes on that podcast at time of recording, and his first one especially is just phenomenal. He's he works at Google X, um, so he he's not just coming at this from a kind of a, um, a happiness standpoint, but he's using maths and other kind of metrics to to be able to measure happiness and to talk about the variability that bring uh, that kind of lifestyle choices and thought processes bring into happiness so that for me i is a fantastic listen it's about an hour long superb
2: well talking of happiness i've been uh watching a documentary on iPlayer about alexei navalny the uh, opposition li- leader in russia and about his um his story what he goes through um obviously at the time of recording he is in prison for years his star oh, it's just Go and watch it. It's called Navalny on iPlayer. It is a incredible documentary that gets you to know about um the man but also the world where he comes from and an insight to Russia and all the geopolitics before that, which is obviously more important than ever. So um you talk about happiness, I'm talking about um something different. As always.
0: More light viewing recommendations from Arthur Moore for our listeners.
2: But today, Mike, let's go forward with the pod because we are joined by Tom Facker today from uh, Century, Century Learning. He's their Chief Educational Officer, so he really knows what he's talking about. And we're going to be talking about the role of EdTech in education, the role of AI in education, and how, as teachers, we can use it to enhance the learning of our students, which is what we are all about. So everyone, go away, put on the kettle, get a cup of tea, get a biscuit, Get ready, because we're talking tech with Tom when we come back.
0: Welcome back to Teen Teaching. We are joined by Tom Facker. Welcome to the pod, Tom. Hi, guys. Um, pleasure to be here. Well, thanks very much for giving up your time to come and talk to us about tech in ed. Um, can you tell us a little bit of background about yourself, what your background is in education, what your background is in technology?
1: Yeah, no, I'd love to. So I am a, a teacher, and still still in my heart, but uh, retired from teaching a few years ago. Uh, but background is math teaching um, via the Teach First program, worked in a school in Birmingham for a long time at a variety of roles. Um, did that for a while, really, really enjoyed it. Kind of hit the point where I think people, people maybe do like half a decade in and go, am I doing teaching for the rest of my life? Really? So then at that point, I moved to Uganda, um, for two years. I was a teacher out there um, with my then-girlfriend, then fiance, now-wife. Um, taught out in Uganda in a British school out there for a couple of years. Amazing. Can't recommend international teaching enough, especially if place like Uganda. You know, safaris at the weekend is pretty different, um, and trips with kids where you're dealing with wild animals um, uh, on an evening is slightly different. Um, but then, yeah, came back five about five years ago now um, and thought, Look, I love teaching, my passion's in teaching. I still want to try other things. Um, I've always been a massive nerd, frankly, Um, and love tech. Saw a role at um, a company called Century, which I'm still at today, um, leading their curriculum parts. And I've been there ever since, looking at kind of educational technology, online learning for primary, secondary, um, English, math, and science. It's so
2: nice. It's so nice to have a maths teacher on the pod, Mike. People have listened. We only ever get P teachers. Uh, We never get maths teachers. So, Mike, how do you feel about being surrounded by maths teachers today? Well, I'm actually really worried
0: because Tom did teach first, worked at a school in Birmingham, has taught internationally and has now left teaching maths. It's like you've cloned yourself, Arthur. We always said, Mike, you just won't see this. But it's a slightly better-looking version of a clone of you. So, thank you very much. I'll I'll give you that as a compliment, Tom. Um, I'm going to go straight in there, Tom, with my first question. I've seen Terminator. I know the machines are coming for us. (laughs) Why, as a teacher, should I be embracing technology and not running and hiding and and worrying that it's going to take my job?
1: yeah you know we get we get this a lot I think it's a really a really really interesting point I think this is where people need to see technology for what it is and what it was designed for and that's a really really powerful tool that's designed to process data to not sleep be around the whole time like I think anyone worth their salt in ed tech would ever say you can learn more from an online platform than you can from a teacher of course you can't that's Anyone saying that is telling you snake oil. This is not true at all. I think Mike. I think where my passion from tech comes is, I wish I was still a teacher, but I I left teaching because it was too much like hard work, and I was giving up my evenings, my weekends. All of you teachers, listen to this. Do the same thing. I was worked in quite a difficult school, wanted to do loads more than I could do, and actually that's because I thought. I better do evenings, I better do weekends. And teacher all over the country right now, it's exam season right now when we're doing this interview, probably doing those things of staying till like, I'm doing a 7 p.m. revision session, I'm getting in at 6 a.m. to do work and that's great. There's a real problem with teachers that they, this super, superhero culture is really dangerous. And actually I burnt out. I, did t- I worked too hard, I was like, this can't be what I do forever. And my passion for technology comes actually, technology can do loads of the work that teachers do out of hours, they do extra time for, they do extra marking But technology can really, really help to extend the school day, but also to make teaching teacher more powerful by crunching some of that data, by providing information to improve teaching, not to replace teachers at all, but to make teaching a sustainable job. I think it's also really powerful looking at kind of equity and how teaching and some technology have a real impact in that and those students who haven't got necessary support at home or haven't got access to a tutor or similar, technology can be scalable, it can be cheap, it can go to all learners on their phone, at home, evening, weekends, to help them learn and practice to make it a much fairer system. I'm not sure I've answered your question there, I've kind of very, pretty preached about tech there. Um, no, I love it. It's basically what you've said is
0: it will support teachers doing their job better, but it will put tutors like Arthur out of a job. I'm, I'm 100% sold <laughs> on, I'm on board. When can we roll it out? When can we get going with it?
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think, I think for me, there, there are three. The most important questions are always like, how do you improve outcomes in schools? People always talk about improving outcomes in schools. Of course, that's the most important thing to do. But normally when you do that, that there are two costs. One is teacher time. You improve outcomes, you must have more teacher time or more support staff time or etc and it costs loads of money i think tech can improve outcomes and it is improving outcomes today actually and also reduce outcomes and provide great value then that's the past and then like on your tutoring point um they actually get it can really support tutors to make the better there are some tutors that i've seen um, who perhaps shouldn't be tutoring um but Technology can make tutors more powerful. They come to tutoring session and they go, here are the gaps. I've done some tutoring myself. Like people would turn up and I go, Let's do maths. I'd do I do some random quizzing? Because I had no data. They coming to like a tutoring session or a one-on-one session with a teacher, and you go, Oh, I know your weak at Pythagoras when there isn't a diagram. Oh, that's really powerful to improve my tutoring session.
2: I think one of the things as teachers that is kind of interesting is we I think everything you've said about tech, almost every teacher would agree with, can tech help me do this? Yes, it can. Can tech help me with data? Yes, it can. Do you want more tech in your teaching? Absolutely not. I'm scared. So like, why, why is a profession maybe are we, are we, I'm going to use the word scared, maybe scared is not the word, Mm -hmm. but why are we wary of tech in our, in our classrooms, in our schools?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it's a a really, really good point. I, I've always been so passionate about tech, but I've been, I've been there. I used to hate certain elements of tech. of like, oh, yeah, my projector bulbs died again. Good. I only had a PowerPoint plan today. That's my lesson ruined. Like that, that happens loads. I think so many teachers got burnt by tech when tech wasn't ready. They've also used lots of tech, which is, it's fine. It's nice. But all it's done is gone. Yeah, I think it used to have on a bit of paper. It's now a PDF. That's tech. It's like, well, it's not really not really tech, is it? It's great. It saves on printing, and you can access it online. Wonderful, but there's a real, there's a real lack of quality of edtech in the past. I think now there's so much quality out there. They will use a lot of products. That are like, this isn't very good. It doesn't work. The internet's not powerful. The questions are badly written. It's a poor quality, and they've been they've suffered from that. I think that the, the industry is building back its trust now. But I also think there's a real lack of respect towards education. I think if you look at all the other industries, things like health and like, watching films, the tech there is incredible. As there's so much investment in it, so much pushing in it. And education gets less of that, frankly, because there's not a lot of money for businesses to make from education. So they tend not to invest in putting good tech forward. That's starting to change. People are really investing in it. I think they're taking it really seriously. it has been very true in the past.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with that. I think going back to the early years of my career when technology was first coming in, it was almost a hindrance at times because it was so unreliable and so clunky, and and wasn't able to be scaled out to a whole school. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both lucky that we're, we're both myself and Arthur. We're we're Apple teachers. I know you've got Microsoft qualifications as well, Arthur, and we, we've been lucky enough to work in a school where we had quite a big push on technology. And I know we used to work um, very closely on the SAMR model. Um, So that step from where technology can be a substitution through the augmentation stage, how it can modify what you're doing in a classroom and eventually redefine how you deliver education. So can you just tell us some ways in which technology can make that step from just simple substitution, like you said, paper to PDF, Um, classwork book to macbook um, is just a really expensive way of replacing a classwork book Um, how can we redefine what we do in the classroom with technology
1: yeah really good i think if i can extend your question i think it isn't just about the classroom and the main power of actually of tech is outside of the classroom of course in, in classroom there's loads you can use but you've got an expert in the room you've got that expert teacher and tech can definitely help and support them with quick marking quick data differentiation if they want to but actually my thing where I think tech can make that difference is when you leave the craft a lot of kind of the multi-academy trusts that I talk to talking about how do they extend the school day and how do they engage with parents like that is so powerful and when you're then going back to kind of like replacing teachers terminator stuff but like I'm sort of Deals that argument as well of being like, actually, it's about 7 p.m. when they want to do their homework and they're not sure they're going it right or not. How do they get support? That is where tech can really have that influence and that impact. I think the important thing to about tech is how does it align with like the latest research in education? So I'm sure kind of, you guys and your listeners will be aware of lots of these things that I'm, going to, I'm going to talk about now. Think about like, the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. It's quite, the last few years been so modern. I'm sure everyone here has seen like numerous CPD slides showing that nice little graph that goes up and then drops and goes up and then drops. It's lovely. It makes complete sense. I think for me, the example I always use people are like, what do you mean the Ebbinghaus for getting curve? It's like, I know my own phone number, just about. I can remember it, but I can remember all of my school friends' phone numbers. That I haven't rung in 20 years. I could dial their phone numbers right now, their home phone numbers, because I tested it and retained it so many times coming from my short term to my long term memory and that's what we're trying to do when we when we teach but often in teaching it's really really hard to do those repetitions you teach it in your scheme of work if you've got a good scheme of work you might repeat it a few times that's where I think tech has such an impact it can be some of those little spikes in that ebbing house forgetting curve could be the second one could be the fifth one can be the seventh one could be the third one shouldn't necessarily be the first one in my mind. Um, I think new teaching should be well done by a teacher. Um, and that's really around another the idea of like these novice and expert learners. All students are novice learners, really. Perhaps if you get to like year 13, A-level maths, you've got some experts in the room who are better at maths than I am, and they can Google stuff and learn quicker than I do, fine. Um, but I think when you're as novice learners, Ebbinghaus is fascinating. Teachers for the first time in the classroom, how do you allow them to practice? Ed tech can be part of that. It's not all of that, but it's definitely a couple of the, of the spikes. If you think about something like the testing effect, um, like Radiga and Kapiki, they talk about the difference between, of, of learning between like study, study and like study test. I'm sure you're both kind of aware of this thing and it's quite modern, I've talked about loads that have done a long time ago. Again, that's where like good tech can come in and have an impact about being part of that study test. Study test, study test, study test. A lot of tech didn't used to be that. A lot of tech, go the PDF example, that's just study, just read it. Some ed tech is, here are some quizzes. It's like, if they haven't just revisit, revised it, they can get poor marks on your quiz and then be really sad. And, and the text told them they're bad at this subject. So a good ed tech should bring those things. There's loads of other kind of about Rosenstein's principles or Dunlosky's research. And that's where tech have a real impact. But part of the school day, absolutely. But for me, much more about how do you support students at home?
2: I think reflecting upon my own teaching, going back, I remember like the, the teacher standards you get given when you, you're trained You say you have to hit these in the class and you, one's normally about tech. And you interpret that to be tech in the classroom. So I need to use technology in the classroom. That's technology in the classroom. So when everyone's when anyone is talking about technology in schools, they're talking about am I using an emulator? Am I have I done a have I done a cahoot? Whereas what you're talking about, Tom, I think really is about ed tech in education. So not tech in schools. It's ed tech in education. Ed tech in schools. And I think this goes back to kind of a fear, Mike. You've I know you've seen this with people you've worked with. Hopefully not me, but like. It's a fear of Excel. And we fear Excel because we don't know how to use it. So we see someone who's really good at Excel, and we're like, oh, well, they must be really good at Excel. I could never do that. And we, we therefore, we don't like Excel. Whereas really, if you just know the basics of Excel, if you know how to do a VLOOKUP, which is not that complicated, you suddenly can do loads of stuff in Excel. And that's kind of what EdTech is. We're not asking teachers to be coders. We're not asking teachers to be these amazing technical people who have great know how to use python and c sharp we're saying here's some stuff that is pre-made that is really really good for your teaching it will crunch the data that you could crunch you could do that but it will take you an hour this will do it in about five seconds so is that something you've noticed tom from working with loads of teachers and loads of schools a misinterpretation of what ed tech is absolutely
1: and there's definitely a it's the fear of the unknown of I've always taught, I've always my students have done well, they enjoy it. Why do I need to change? I don't necessarily need to change. I think one of the most interesting things with with ed tech and is what happened with the pandemic. And obviously, categorically, everyone wishes it didn't happen. It was awful. I had a, a newborn in like the first week of lockdown. It was very difficult. Like pandemic was awful. But what it has done to the schools is it shifted forward tech mindset probably about a decade and it it broke the back of I don't do tech that's not what I do as a teacher every teacher now has been through the pain that band-aid has been ripped off of understanding tech and when we used to speak to schools we go should we have a webinar they go what's a webinar and now they go oh do you want to do meets zoom teams like everyone suddenly has like broken the back of tech. I think what I say when I talk to a lot of schools now is, don't lose your gains. You've suddenly got more hardware. You've got more software. Your teachers suddenly know how to use tech. If they can use Teams, they can use most edtech products in the market. Because exactly, exactly to your point, it's not edtech is not. I now log on and I'll do some coding. It's give out some logins. Look at something that looks like a, a jazzy version of Excel that self fills in. That's what edtech is now for. The teachers, they don't have to do anything complicated or anything difficult. It's much more about enabling students to use EdTech and then to varying degrees, use that data they're getting from students studying on various different platforms to perhaps improve their schemes of work and go, oh, I didn't realize my class were weak at certain topics. A great example that I like to use, I've seen it live in a classroom, is someone about to teach, I do a math example, sorry, Mike. Um, about to teach Pythagoras, a classic. Oh, classic! What do you
2: think of Pythagoras, Mike?
1: Yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, top, top, top guy. Um, you're about to teach that. I'm sure Arthur, you and know, I have been there hundreds of times. You teach it, and some of the students get it, great. Some are struggling. What EdTech can do in, in your planning there is, you can flip the learning. And by flip the learning, I don't mean make, get them to watch Pythagoras before you come to your classroom. Get them to all do a quiz on square numbers before they come to your classroom. The amount of times I've tried to teach Pythagoras when I first started teaching, get really frustrated they can't do it. And I go, oh, you think four squared is eight? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's I'm an idiot. Pythagoras isn't a blocker at all. They can't even do square numbers. So again, that's where EdTech have a real impact of going, look at the prereqs that you're about to cover, whether that's in maths or in science, or you're about to do writing on Romeo and Juliet, and they learn, your students don't even know what houses um each all the characters are in have that data in advance of your teaching go right before we start today let's just do a quick mini whiteboards up let's flash through what a square number is and quickly practice that before I get into my main part of my teaching but without tech doing that is really really hard it takes a long time it's a lot of marking and you're not going to do it as a teacher so I think that flip really allows you to improve your teaching Mike, I've been teaching. Sorry,
0: Mike, you go. I was just going to say on top of that, I'm I'm thinking in terms of teacher workload, uh, in particular, uh, worked in a school where we used Power BI and being able to just automatically transfer your information from your, your data management system onto Power BI and it to visually represent grades for an individual subject, an individual year group, an individual student. And instead of sitting there in front of, you know, your example of a spreadsheet where it's it's huge and unwieldy if you've got a year group of two hundred students, being able to see it on a scatter graph straight away and try and pick up some trends visually can save hours of, of teacher time.
1: I think that I think that's, you hit the nail on the head there. When people get get worried about tech, use tech for what it's designed for, and that is crunching data. That's not what humans. The human brain is terrible at taking a thousand different data points and then putting them into a graph. You can do it, but you'll lose the will to live. Let technology do that. And as a human, as a teacher, be freer to then interpret that those data points go, ah, I didn't realize this student's an outlier on this, whatever graph I'm looking at, what am I now going to do with that information? I didn't have to crunch it. The system did that for me. That's the point of the system, but the technology can't speak to that child about, their absence or their behavior or whatever it may be that you've seen be freer to do that and the technology presumably would apply
0: to the standard deviation so you'd be able to see the outliers there's some mass chat for you arthur
2: (laughs) someone's been prepping (laughs) uh mike while the listeners go away and applaud mike harrowell for saying any terms that sounded vaguely mathematical in a sentence i think that's a good term to have a biscuit break um, you could have a rectangular biscuit. You could have a circular biscuit. Who knows, Mike, these are just more maths words I'm saying. So okay, everyone, go get. crack on. <laughs> oh, go get a biscuit. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Team Teaching. We're talking with Tom all about EdTech. Um, Tom, just before the break, we were talking about um, reducing teacher workload and we were talking about how EdTech allows us to do the stuff that take ages really quickly to allow us as the teacher to do our job better. If we now throw EdTech onto the student, what what can tech do to the students themselves to, like, I suppose my question is what, I can see why I should use EdTech for me as a teacher, why should I use EdTech for the students?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, to the kind of, The core part of EdTech, what it allows them to do is to kind of practice and revise and study at will, with high quality content, with quick access. But I think what powerful tech can do, and I'm sure you'll both relate to this, I went back to when I was teaching, you get a really good student, perhaps they're like a, in old money, they're a borderline C, they're, they're great kids working so hard to try and pass. And I'd say to them, they'd say to me, so I'm going to revise this weekend. It's like great. What are you going to revise? Maths. Great. What, are you going to, what topic? Algebra. And I go, oh good, good. Algebra is not really a thing. Algebra is lots of things. They'd be like, oh yeah, algebra. But like, uh-huh, no. And at that, that point, what do I then do as a teacher? Do I then go, here's a textbook? And this is you know, ten years ago. Here's a textbook and here's a page to look at. Like, where novice learners which all students up to like at least gcc level pretty much are is you don't know what you don't know it's really really hard to revise well they tend to revise our subjects they're good at already because they're kind of on that borderline between novice and expert learners perhaps and they're things they already know because they know that they can revise them because they know that what the topic is called so i think what good tech can really do is take that away from the learner is go we're going to diagnose you, we're going to quiz you, you're going to find your gaps in your knowledge and then push you to those bits of content and say, we've given you a quiz, we found out your weak actually at um, certain part of circle theorems or your weak at uh, naming the parts of cells. And now you can go and do that. So you're removing that cognitive load, that difficulty of knowing your actual weakness. That's what really powerful technology um, can do for students if not they just go to a textbook they go page one page two page three wasted their time they're good at that stuff they shouldn't be doing that stuff that's what really powerful tech can do yeah definitely um i'm just wondering tom while you were talking there
0: is there lots of research being done in terms of how much technology can enhance learning like for instance if you go on the eef website you can see lots of research based um studies in terms of differentiation, will enhance learning by an extra month per year. Have there been lots of studies done on this yet, or is it too early in education to
1: really know the power of technology? Yeah, uh, yes and no. So, yes, it's too early to go, tech has an impact. But I think the issue there is saying tech is a broad term, and there are loads of different parts of tech. And obviously, one of the difficult things in in tech when it comes to research is by the time you've done the research, the tech has changed. And um, come on once, like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, but that, we don't use that anymore. We've got a, what we think is a better version. But yeah, this is where I think tech and, and kind of pedagogy and educational research can really come hand in hand is that tech doesn't have to be seen different to what kind of core teaching is. Think about like the, going back to like Rose and Shine's like principles of instruction. So I'm sure you've all read, or you've read like Tom Sherrington's great summary of that nice little kind of digestible book on it. Um, there's some really good points in that when you read that, you go, well, tech can help do those things as well. So you think about um, how we talked about kind of small steps and practice. Well, tech can let you do small steps and practice. I do rose principles really align well with that. Check for understanding. Well, tech really allows you to check for understanding much quicker than a human can do. You know, I think technology can rival my favorite thing in teaching, which is mini whiteboards. Um, and anything that can rival mini whiteboards is uh, pretty useful but I think independent practice again Rosenshine really talks about that well technology is a dream for independent practice because and they can do it at speed whenever they want to you can have high quality learning whether that is stills or videos or interactives you can then be quizzed but the real power for me for there in tech is that when a student studies at home and extra do that independent learning the Teacher can then see what they've done. I'm sure in the over the last hundreds and hundreds of years of students doing independent learning, they do it in a book, and teacher would go, Good, lots of pages, if they even saw it. Really good technology. The student can go into the classroom tomorrow. Students right right now, all over the world doing independent learning on, on tech. 9 a.m. tomorrow, they go into school, and they go, Oh, I can see last night that you worked on these topics and you got this one question wrong, in your independent study, I'm now going to help you. So I think. your research question yeah in terms of like single products single ways of using tech it is too early but there's so much pedagogy that's got such good kind of research behind it that technology does and can continue to do
2: tom i'm i'm sold i want to now be an ed Techer if there's a term um completely sold mike i'm gonna throw this one to you so i'm sold um you're a senior leader in schools, you've been you've been a leader in many schools, um, Mike, you, you turn up at that staff meeting, you go, we're gonna do technology, we're gonna be that school. And then someone walks into your room late and goes, don't wanna do that, I like just giving textbooks out and teaching. How do you get those people on board, Mike? Oh, that's a
0: very broad ranging question, Arthur. Um, I think critical mass, I think you're always going to have your early adopters with technology and you're always going to have your uh, people who kind of sit in the middle and like, well, we'll see how they get on with it. We'll see if this is going to stick. we will get to see if Mike forgets about this in two months. And then you're going to have your, um, I'm trying to think of late adopters, Luddites. Uh, I don't know what the correct term is, um, who are going to adopt that technology much, much later and be much more resistant to it. But they're only going to adopt that technology when they see the proof of the pudding um so it's about using your early adopters seeing your staff who are really keen to get on board with this and trial it and and use it getting them to then train up or then to mentor or model it to that kind of middle group of staff the majority of your staff who are going to be there and then once you've got that critical mass using it really really effectively and you're talking about it regularly and it becomes embedded in your day-to-day practice and your pedagogy you will find those late adopters coming on board of it. And there's always things you can do as a, as a school leader um, in terms of coaching, in terms of supporting, um, to help them with the understanding of it. But I think once you've got the vast majority of your staff embedding it and buying into it, um, I think that becomes a lot easier. Uh, Tom, I, I assume you've worked with
1: schools on this. Uh, is that something you've seen regularly? Yeah, I think I think you're... you're, you're absolutely right I think what needs to remember about technology is that it's for most schools it's the icing on the cake and as it should be you need to have a good teaching base a stable staff body you know a well um, set up and established school good behavior etc and then technology can really help that I think with many schools it's now more than the icing on the cake I don't know is it is the eggs it the flour I don't know um, within that but I think the best way if you're thinking about bringing a new bit of tech into your into your school, you've got those those worried staff, is to what seeing is believing. Um, so that is meeting the company who product you're looking at and having a demo, of course, having a play with it, of course, but actually talking to other schools, using it, that's the best way of saying, can I talk to a school who've used this for three months, for six months, for a year? Talk to those teachers and go, yeah, it's actually true. I think quite often a lot of things, you go, this is too good, to be true so talking to similar schools in a similar context to yourself that is a great way of knowing whether it's going to work and then persuading those teachers are going here's a teacher similar to you different school they were also nervous and worried have a quick email exchange of them or a five minute chat to see what they think one thing i've
2: experienced mike is when say you've got your school development plan and um it's Tech gets brought in as an addition to that. So we're get, part of the school development plan is using technology, for example. Whereas the way I would kind of interpret is, this is our school development plan. This is who we want to be. This is the context of our school. This is the context of our student. These are our goals. These are our objectives. This is our identity. XYZ. How can we use tech to enhance that? So tech in itself is not a goal, to use technology is not a goal. You have to use tech for a reason. And I think when you explain to people we're using this because it aligns with who we are as a school, it aligns with who we are um, as a community, then you're gonna get people buying in because they've already, hopefully, they've bought into that culture and this is something to help that culture prosper rather than an extra thing that's gonna happen. Tom, is that is that something you've experienced in kind of schools that do this really well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you added that last part of your sentence at schools to do it really well. Yes. I've seen schools who do it less well, who are, we've been told we need tech. So you've got tech. Can we talk? It's like, oh, we can, but absolutely spot on. You should not go as a school, we need tech. And therefore let's look at stuff. It should absolutely be, we want to improve school outcomes. Or we want to make our teachers use data to improve their teaching. Exactly that route. What is, what are you trying to improve? And then can tech support any of those outcomes, then you should definitely look into them. yeah, I think you're absolutely correct.
2: And sometimes so, the answer to that question will be no, and that's okay, because then you're not using tech for no reason. Um Mike, you that that, jump that,
1: on. that goes back to like the icing on the cake point. If you've got really bad internet in your school or you've got a real lack of devices, you're don't you're setting up tech to fail. Get those things correct first. They're not gonna go, this tech was rubbish. Like, yes, you don't really have a good internet you can't say tech was rubbish you haven't got the internet um so absolutely yeah getting all of your infrastructure in place your staff cpd your parental engagement if you need to that all needs to be there and before you start implementing don't set things up to
0: fail let's say i'm listening to this tom and i work at a school and it's got semi-decent bandwidth of broadband which is i think the best you can hope for in most schools in my experience um But the school doesn't have a a clear vision for how it's going to use technology to enhance learning, to reduce workload. But I want to do something as an individual teacher, um, whether that's in my classroom, whether that's in terms of managing my workload um, and enhancing my understanding of where students are, where would I start? What would be your, your recommendation for the first program to look at or the first um activity to to be using
1: technology for yeah really really interesting i think if you want to kind of research general um products and systems there's a great website called edtech impact and that's got it's like it's kind of like TripAdvisor for edtech um, you can go on there you can look at reviews of products and a lot of products you can have a go and have a look around and get the feedback in terms of what to use i think it really depends on your subject I think the, the trap to fall into is go, I need tech. If you're an art teacher or a PE teacher or a geography teacher, it's different to a math teacher. I think math teachers, you ask any math teacher about tech, most be quite positive. Most going to list off like, here are 15 products that I've used and there are some free ones and there's some good ones, there are some less good ones that I've used. If you go to science, they'll probably go, yeah, there's a couple. Go to English, you can get quite a mixed response of I don't use tech or here's a couple of things I've used. I think it really depends on your subject, especially at secondary. Obviously at primary, I don't know how, God bless primary teachers teaching multiple, multiple subjects at once. Um, that's a bit different because you got a lot of cross-platforms, but I think doing that research is the first port of call.
2: Mike, have you seen any great tech stuff in PE from your years of experience? Well, I, I started
0: teaching PE back in the very early days of Dartfish. Um, I don't know if you've come across this technology, Tom. It's, I have no idea what you're saying. No. It used How to be crazy. hooked up to a video camera with a tape in it. Um, and it was then plugged into a laptop. And what you could do is you could set this up. We uh, we managed to bolt it onto a wheelie trolley. Um, and We used to wheel it into the, the sports hall. I'm making myself sound really old here. But we would set up our trampolines and dart fish. we then have the, the laptop plugged into a projector that was then projecting onto the wall at one end of the sports hall and Dartfish would allow you to film a student on a trampoline on a two minute delay. So the student could get on, do their two minutes of of their rehearsal of that skill or that routine or whatever, jump off the trampoline, walk over to the projector and watch themselves back on a two minute delay. And it was, I mean, in hindsight, such a simple piece of technology, but so powerful because like you said earlier, you don't know what you don't know. They don't know if they're not pointing their toes at the right time. They don't know if they're traveling on the trampoline or whatever. Um, and that was that was so powerful for those students to be able to watch themselves back in that lesson. You said it was on tape. What? I, what? It, it was weird The the camera had to have a tape in it, but it was also plugged into the. Projector. I don't quite know how they made that technology work. And I assume they've now developed that into an app somehow you
1: can use iPad. Of, I was I don't know if you, either of you were at the Bet Show. I'm sure lots of listeners came along to the Bet Show in London in March. Um there's a lot of PE tech now looking at yeah, you know, I guess I sort of seems like a lot of like sports games where you've got like a projector onto a wall and they're throwing things at it, they're shooting at it, they're kicking things at it, getting like points and scores. So got a lot of like AR and VR um, in PE as well which is is fascinating um, and we'll see what happens with that in, in PE but definitely there is tech in PE for sure
0: yeah there's definitely I think it's like you said Tom it's so different subject on subject isn't it? I would presume that a maths teacher is really going to use tech for a lot of diagnostic marking um, and getting instant feedback on strengths and weaknesses in a whole group of students As opposed to P, we like things that are going to be able to help us practice and then help us analyse our performance. So it's that kind of knowledge of performance versus knowledge of results and depending on
1: what sort of subject you're in. Yeah, I think the the, the classic one that we always come across and always talk about is looking at how much can tech help certain subjects? And we go, of course, maths and tech, of course. Yeah, of course, you can do... The vast majority of maths via online practice and online learning, you can't do construction of of shapes. Um, There are some online tools to do that and they're all terrible. Um, If you have to construct a shape, use a pair of compasses and a ruler, of course. Um, Things like English, like marking essays, not yet. And probably not for a long time. Like like, you can't, technology can't mark flare. Um, It can check for spag and things. But what technology can allow like English to do is to cover off that base knowledge if you're going to write an essay make sure you understand the key themes the key motifs etc can you remember key quotes that you're going to try and recite and use in your writing so if each subject very very varies currently how much impact tech can have but i think in all subjects tech can currently help i'm sure as we go in the next kind of decade be more and more impact as the tech gets better and better Where do you think it's going,
2: tech in education, Tom? If I had to, without giving you any prep time, kind of predict where it's going to go eventually, like, well, maybe not eventually, but in the near future, kind of, is that something, I'm sure it's something you at Century talk about, and I'm sure you've been in those meetings where you say, what would a a classroom look like in five years' time? Uh, Let's take this on offline and have a think about it. Um, Do you think that's, where where do you think
1: it's going? Yeah, really interesting. And obviously we, I kind of, one of the previous pleasures of my job but it's starting to come back is, is traveling the world and going to kind of schools all over the world and seeing what they're doing. Um, I'm still quite, in my heart of hearts, still quite traditional. I think the classroom will stay mainly the same. It'll improve and tech can be used to support that. I think again, it goes back to that out of the classroom, back to my, my age, or, or original kind of thought. My real passion is that tech can make learning much more equitable and fair. And that no matter who you are in the world, you've got access to the best content, the best diagnosis of your understanding and your gaps to personalize what you're learning and what you're practicing at home. I think things like VR are fascinating. I think the the issue with with something like VR, go back to my original thing about improving outcomes, reducing the workload, and kind of like good value, low cost, VR doesn't tick that last box because those headsets are really, really, really expensive. Maybe the next five, 10 years, they could really drop in price. And then VR could have a huge impact on being able to visualize things and like teaching in science and doing kind of like um, like dissections via VR or in sport, practicing different things. I think VR is a fascinating field. Not yet for most schools. With that price drops of hardware, I think VR will have a real impact. Of course, talk about kind of AI as well, and people are going to throw throw around this term AI loads. I think where AI kind of that real impact is trying to find those gaps and really help students to practice what they don't know. And let students don't know what they don't know, and that's why I think technology can really accelerate um, and help those learners. Or kind of one of the things we really look at, centering and really work with, are your recent learners. That's in quite a forgotten group. Everyone talks about kind of like secondary schools and GCSEs and about A levels, looking at those students who, according to the system, failed um, in inverted commas, didn't get that grade four And we're told they have to resit, whether that's a GCSE or doing a functional skills qualification. There, I think, technically, in the next few years can continue to drive and make a real difference with those learners because they're the ones that society needs the most help with because they've got the biggest gaps. They've been told they're not good at something so how can they improve i think it's going to go the
2: way where um i think the te- teachers are going to go back to that real traditional role of, we are just going to be used to teach new things and what tech is going to allow us to do it's going to do all that personalization beforehand what are your misconceptions what, what are the things you don't know and it's going to allow anyone wherever you are whatever your background wherever you've been brought up you will enter that classroom at the same point as your peers And then the teacher role will be to teach that new stuff. And it's what you're talking about, that personalization. We all bring our own context as our own identity to our learning. Some students gonna go away and forget things different way. But if we've got those personalized tech that allows us to enter the classroom at a point where we are all able to learn what the teacher is gonna teach us, then that's what you're talking about kind of with equity and kind of a level playing field. Uh, And as we've been talking about fields, Mike, is that, Something you perceive of in P, kind of where tech is going.
0: Yeah, I think, like Tom said, the the VR stuff is is fascinating. Like, could you could you be taught a skill at home through VR? Like, could could P start setting homework at Key Stage Three? That would that would be that would be a game changer. I mean, <laughs> if you're talking about hours spent practicing, and you're talking about you know think how many students walk out of your lesson not being able to do the thing that you've tried to teach them. So if I take a a really basic example in Key Stage 3 PE, a smash shot in badminton. Let's say 50% of my students be able to walk out of that sports hall doing a smash shot seven times out of 10. Well, the 50% that can only do it five times out of 10, imagine if they could go home and practice that with a VR headset and come to my next lesson being able to hit seven or eight out of 10 it's like you said they've they all come into that lesson with a very similar starting point and you reduce that that variation in ability which allows you really to push on um and teach at a faster pace i
2: guess i think it's a really interesting question it's a really interesting star from question i'd really Listeners, go away and have those conversations. Where do you think your kind of subject is going tech-wise? Um, Tom, it's been awesome having you on the pod. Love talking, love talking about this stuff because it just it kind of goes from Mike wheeling in something called a tape recorder to talking about like kind of pupils are gonna go home and learn badminton in their bedroom. Like, what an exciting world we live in. Um, Tom, you've you've mentioned centuries. someone's listening there, so they're like, Tom, Tom sounds like he knows his stuff. I want to know more about him. I want to know more about Century. Like, we haven't really spoken about Century. Do you just kind of want to give us a little like, who are Century? And then how can we go and find out more about them? And how can we find out more about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Find more about me. Uh, I guess, like, am I weird for teachers? LinkedIn is the big thing in EdTech. If you want to get into EdTech, um, find me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, that's the real place for educational technologists. I think we're. we're Mike we're... loves LinkedIn, it's his fave. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I didn't enjoy it at the start. I mean, I'm in now. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in. I think in terms of, in terms of century, um, Google us uh, with my, my biggest bit of advice. We've got a great website. Um, We've got lots more, but we work um, with primary schools, with secondary schools, in alternative prison schools, with special needs schools, with FE colleges. Um, in England, around the UK and around the world, we're in 47 countries, I believe we work with. Um, it's looking at English, maths and science, um, revision and practice in the classroom, out of the classroom, trying to, my point really about good tech, find those gaps in knowledge, that's what we really focus on, of giving them their own unique pathway of what should you revise, what should you practice, um, allows us to do that with something called Nuggets, um, which are a really kind of a weird way of saying like a micro lesson. Um, in that, um, really aligned with kind of what Rodiga and Kopicky said about doing study tests, So in these nuggets, you have study, so there's learning material to go there and revise and practice from. And then we're going to give you an immediate short, sharp quiz where you can see how you're doing, get feedback, that testing effect, that active retrieval. But of course, all that data goes to the teacher so they can intervene one-on-one. They can also use that data to kind of adjust their schemes of work and adjust their planning. But yeah, that's what we do.
2: Exciting. And then we'll go on to LinkedIn, find out where you are. Uh, search for Mike Howell. He loves LinkedIn as I mentioned. Please message him almost daily. He will definitely respond. He's on it every single waking moment. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's nodding. Cheers, Mike. L- um, look at no, Tom. no, sorry,
0: Mike. Tom's far better to follow than me. I, uh, I'm nothing on LinkedIn compared to Tom.
2: I'm glad you added nothing on LinkedIn there. I was worried there, Mike, don't put yourself down too much. Um, Tom, thank you so much for your time on Tea & Teaching. Uh, Listeners, go away, get another biscuit. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Welcome back to Tea & Teaching. Tom has persuaded me that machines are not coming for us. Our jobs are safe but they're going to be enhanced. I'm very optimistic about the future, Arthur. I'm convinced that technology can enhance students' learning. I'm convinced it can reduce our workload and make our working practices more efficient and more time efficient as well. Um, How did you
2: find that chat? Yeah. Talking to someone like Tom who really knows their stuff and is working kind of the real precipice of this industry like he's going into schools selling like and talking about tech in the classroom right on the cutting edge and it's really nice to hear someone like tom's not saying i just want to get rid of teachers like (laughs) that's not what he's saying what he was saying was like how can we give teachers the best chance to do their job to the absolute maximum to help every single student and it's really nice to hear that um from someone who really knows what they're talking about. Um, so thank you, Tom, for that. So that was kind of my key takeaway, Mike, of what Tom was saying is like the best bit of edtech is kind of before the learning starts, almost before the students walk into a classroom, we can use technology to get to see what students don't know, see their misconceptions, see how we can help them. And then when they come into my classroom, I'm prepared as the teacher to do a really good job. I've got all that information. I'm not just being replaced by a screen. Um, What do you, what for you, Mike, key takeaway?
0: I think Tom's so good. He got you to an epiphany. So I'm going to use your epiphany as my takeaway, Arthur, is (laughs) um, that technology is not the outcome. Technology is about the process. Um, So having that whole school approach to it is so important, That it's not we want to use more technology. It's how can we use technology to achieve our aims as a school, whether that's improved outcomes, like Tom said, whether that's um, enhancing uh, teacher practices and and reducing teacher workload is what can we use to enhance those processes and to to make everything we do as a school better and more efficient.
2: I completely agree.
0: You have to agree with your point.
2: I know I was about to say I'm agreeing with myself, which is my favourite person to agree with. And on that bombshell, Mike, I think we should uh, say thank you, Tom, for your time. Um, Everyone go away. Follow Tom on LinkedIn. because He puts out some really great stuff, really interesting to follow. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Mike, as always, it's been a pleasure. You're not being replaced by a machine. You are still Mike Harrowell. So I will say goodbye to you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tea and Teaching.
0: If you've enjoyed the content of this episode, please feel free to share it with other educators.
2: And if you're able to, please leave a review on the platform.
0: And as always, thank you for listening to Tea and Teaching.